yeah, if I tried to make out with my wife in public, yeah, man, she would. Uh, <laughs> What is the most you've hit the snooze button? In one sitting? Yes. Uh, one laying. That's yeah, true. Uh, I don't know. Probably, I would say upwards of five to seven. I went an hour and 40 minutes this morning. <laughs> that is not a lot. on reset. Not on resetting my alarm. Because I'm a big resetting my alarm guy. I never do the snooze button. Recently, right. I've been kind of getting Same. into it. Yeah, I've been dabbling. And this morning, I did it. For, I set my alarm for six, and I didn't get out of bed until seven forty. That is incredible. Because what is it like seven minutes in it's between like snoozes? Nine or something? or something like that. It's it's not quite ten. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, that's... I think they do that intentionally to try to throw off your. I'm going to misuse this, but like your circadian they you, rhythm. They make you think a little bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's um, not like an even thing. Uh, yeah. I don't know. That's uh that's a long. That's too long. To I know that's like a super weird move, and I just yeah. felt I needed to get that out there. Uh, I I'm usually just a when the alarm goes off. You know what? You're a grown ass man. You got responsibilities. Get I don't up. know. I uh, I do I do this news button quite a bit, um, but I work from home, so it's kind of like yeah. There's nobody really breathing down my neck if I show up seven minutes late to well, work. Well, that's the thing. Today, I, I'm i off today, but I just had some odds and ends that I wanted to get done this morning. And uh, I've actually, I got a, there's a thing I wrote for WEI.com because they're still, uh, still giving me the opportunity <laughs> to be obligated to <laughs> write things for them until December 31st. So I'd, I was doing a feature on Brad Marchand. That uh, you guys actually should go check out. There are some pretty uh, bonkers hey, stories wait a in there. Self plug. This is I not know. what this is for. I know, dickhead. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I, I I've been working on that forever, and I was like, I'm going to publish that thing if it's the last thing I do. So I'm going to get up early and do that. And I just didn't. I just uh, it. I eventually did, but an hour and forty minutes later than I planned on doing. This episode is an interesting one because it might be the first non-Feidelberg episode where the guest is essentially the whole episode. Right. We wanted to get Billy Jaffe on, uh, and normally we go, what, 25 minutes, half hour per guest. Uh, we had well over 50 minutes. We trimmed it down, but we can only trim it down to like 47 minutes because Billy Jaffe was awesome. Uh, you were on trial for the first, like, <laughs> yeah. we went 16 pretty, minutes. We went pretty long. Uh, there is... So basically one of the reasons – so basically how this happened was uh, I wrote a story earlier in the week about uh, how Jeremy Roenick pulled, like, the greatest prank in NHL history. Yes. Uh, since you did a plug, uh, I'll do a plug. I was going to say – You should go read it. It's on FoxSports.com. It's about how Jeremy Roenick pulled basically, like, a Halloween prank and made one of his teammates jump headfirst through a window and run away in fear of his life. Classic guys busting chops. Uh, so, yeah, you can go ahead and read that on Fox Sports if you want. Um but yeah, I, I wrote that story and I was like, I don't I don't know if I believe this is true. And Billy Jaffe responded to me on Twitter and he was like, it's true. I know. And uh, so I was like, wow, okay, let's get Billy Jaffe on the podcast to <laughs> confirm and detail this story. And spoiler alert, he spends like two minutes on it. We on do, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we don't get to it until I say like, well, we've taken up enough <laughs> right. of your time. And you're like, oh, there was uh, an initial. So reason. I texted you. I said, let's get Billy Jaffe on the podcast. And you said, well... I don't know if he'll do it because he doesn't like you very much. That's not what I said. I, well, basically. I knew that he would do it, but I said he may not be your biggest fan. Right. So uh, that was uh, intriguing. And yeah. I don't think we've had a guest on yet, at least to our knowledge, who doesn't who really yeah. like us. Right. That was, uh, I don't know if we said it in the interview, but this was like doing the Darren Rovell interview when one of us is, is Darren, Darren Rovell. Rovell. Like, yeah. we're now, I feel like we put ourselves on trial so much. That if we were to have a guest come on and be like, hey, Pete, you know what's wrong with you? Yeah, We'd be like, wanna, why be being so mean? Pile on. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, – so, like, the first 15 minutes or so is – It's an, is, it's a fascinating discussion, though. Right, it because is. Because it's, it's just basically about uh, – and you'll hear this um, – b- uh, Billy – and he said this when I got – when I went to Comcast, he was like, hey, just don't become one of those guys who, like, throws grenades. Billy uh, is – a one of my favorite people in the world. He's awesome. He's super f- 
funny. He's super cool, as you'll hear. But he's big into um, if you're gonna say something, if you're gonna tweet something, if you're gonna do something, you gotta like, you gotta show up. You gotta give the person that you're insulting the opportunity to clap back at you. And uh, we have differing opinions on whether or not that should be the case. I um, I see where he's coming from, but I don't. Uh, not to rehash the whole interview, but I. I think that a lot of people would be less funny if they were like, okay, now I've got a, oh, I can't say this thing about this player unless I go and pay them a visit. Right. So uh, it was just a really interesting conversation about the changing times. Um, as you heard in the open, there are some classic, uh, some classic one-liners out of our guy old school Jaffe. So uh, you can enjoy that. Uh, we have a big show announcement. and. Yeah. That is that on Monday we will be revealing something big about the show. So that's a that's an announcement and about an announcement. You know what we call that? The Walking Dead. <laughs> Good point. They a, bring cliff, in a bad a guy and too. say, "Oh, there's going to be a cliffhanger with this guy next episode." <laughs> so, uh, get, so just. Congratulations on hearing that announcement, everybody. Uh, Monday's episode is probably going to be exclusively about this announcement. Uh, we've got a big week ahead of ourselves. It's a gigantic announcement. I'm very excited. It's a good one. You, some of you guys are probably going to guess it, and we're not going to confirm or deny. It's like almost been already guessed to this point. By oh, like... it gets guessed every week. Whenever <laughs> yeah. we say something good is going to happen to this podcast, someone guesses this, and we do like the... I'm not telling, uh, because normally it's not true. Right. So, But in this case, it's going to be true, and what a wonderful time it will be. So look forward to that announcement It's like a brunch bucket Monday. list thing. It's, yeah, it is. It's something that y'all have felt for a while should happen to brunch, something that we should do, and uh, you know what? We are going to give it our best, and we're going to take a crack at it. So uh, basically, on uh, our next episode, uh, we're going to bang. No. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Um, let's see. Uh, we let's, got reviews. Let's do some revies. Uh, delightfully enjoyable says Ike Zike. No idea how I found this podcast. Probably through Hockey Illuminati Twitter. Started late, but went back and listened to it all. Great podcast about nothing at all. Would love to go out with Deej and Pete for one drunken night and never speak to them again. Go brunch. Hashtag brunch bunch. Well, that's kind of my life. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm cool with that. After I got blackout last weekend i did the thing where like i need to think of something to text all of my friends about individually to make sure we're all still on speaking terms <laughs> and not to brag i got as many that's a rule i came up with i was telling my friend uh if you get blackout you want to come out of it with exactly the same amount of friends as you went into it with because you don't want to like add people to your life oh yeah when you're blackout blackout, right yeah that's that's a good that's a good policy yeah sure you want the same number before and after so uh you you know what use that one this weekend ladies and gents uh honey bunches of brunch by amr hine 56 I eat this podcast every Monday and Friday morning. Best way to get your sloppy nutrients in. Yep. The pod has sparked many conversations about hot guys. Me and my brother even crown a personal little bitch of the week each Monday. Great work. Keep it up. Thanks. You know, you guys don't have to say all these nice things. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's not like we send out daily requests. Uh, this show diagnosed me as a psycho, says Irish Sox fan 97 on a recent episode, I found out I'm a psychopath for using periods in texts, tweets, and now this review. Anything that can reveal something about you deserves five stars. Period. And they put a period at the end of it. Mm, psycho. Uh, we also got a email. It says like a it's a deep it's, email. Yeah, it says not a review, just some words of encouragement. Uh, this happened like a week ago, and somehow we glazed over it. Uh, it's very long, and it's very nice, and we appreciate it. Uh so basically, the gist of it is is uh, he, the guy's talking about how we kind of we don't really compare ourselves to Pardon My Take. We like avoid. No, that. we're we're so afraid of comparisons to Pardon My Take right. that, that we, we them compare Halloween. ourselves to Pardon <laughs> My Take. Uh, what? Well, I saw that some dude on Twitter said that we were like trying to copy Pardon My Take with the Halloween special, and I was like, no, we were literally them for Halloween, like by which is dressing for as right. them, like. 
that we were Im- that we were like imitating them and we didn't have any originality by doing a video by doing it no by be- by oh. doing the costumes oh okay i thought you were saying like he, was, were... he basically called us unoriginal for being pardon my take for halloween do you guys want to know how halloween uh, works <laughs> no well, like how much we're trying to in the shows at least one of our neuroses um how much we're trying to not be uh misconstrued as trying to be part of my take when we shot that video because we had two chairs uh pete sat on the left side and i sat on the right side because big cat has dark hair and is a little bigger like me and pete is a smaller guy with blonde hair like uh like pft so we sat on opposite sides of them <laughs> so visually you would not feel like you were watching a part of my take thing that's how much we are trying to say we are not trying to be part of my take uh so basically what this guy said is that we should feel fine with being compared to part of my take because he said he's I describe you guys to my friends as a metrosexual, pardon my take, which is not an insult, not that I expect you to take it as such. We don't. No, uh, it's a compliment. He said, uh, so basically his, the, the comparison that he ended up in was, he said that pardon my take was the Beatles and we were the Beach Boys. And Didn't know that, the Beach Boys came out first. <laughs> oh, ooh, what? Oh, shit. Uh, and so basically he said uh, they... They played off each other like they they inspired each other yeah, from which afar. S- we certainly don't inspire. Pardon my take. Uh, yeah, I don't know that. Uh, pardon my take follows us on Twitter, but uh, I don't think they don't think they they're no. looking to us for <laughs> anything. for content. Yeah. Uh, so he did that, and that was very nice. I appreciate it. Um, he said, uh, "My point is, you guys are like the Beach Boys. Fun, enjoyable, tasteful. Just con- keep on being yourselves. There's nothing wrong with being the Beach Boys." I really like that comparison a lot. The, uh, yeah, the only thing is is that the Beatles really inspired the Beach Boys. Like the the, the Beatles happened, and then they kind of shocked the world. Um, we, I believe, Hawkeyes and Weathermen, and not again, not to say that uh, we're inspiring them or whatever, but we were doing our thing. We Hawkeyes and Weathermen was out well before Pardon My Take started. So like we'd. We knew what we were by then. Yeah. But, um, I mean, they actually are inspiring because the idea that there's a podcast of two guys who are mocking bro culture and having great success doing it is like, right. okay, so we're there is a reason to do this. Right. And he's, he said, like, they're, it's different because they're doing a show in two characters while we're just us. And so it's yes. a different approach. <laughs> Unfortunately, we can't snap <laughs> right. out of what this <laughs> is and then go this to a is different not a person. Character. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, and then he he got to. Uh, I'll borrow from one of my favorite PMT segments and roast the two of you. Hey DJ, the only thing more dry than your personality is your salads. Uh, nice. Maybe someday you'll make a music wreck of a band that one of your listeners has actually heard of. Uh, he said in parentheses shit this isn't the point of a of a recommendation maybe you got me on this one <laughs> yeah boom roasted <laughs> uh you meander in in sexual no man's land because you've been shunned by the gay community for being too straight and the straight community for being too gay <laughs> That's a good one. That I actually don't know if that's like a roaster, if that's just like, like oh, that's actually an interesting point. Right? <laughs> I actually like. It's people, like one of those roasts that like it's so true that it kind of that it makes it you think. kind of hurts. Um, no, I actually just a quick point that people used to say like, oh, like are you gay? Or they'd be like, oh, you're gay. Like I haven't been called gay in a million years because I think being gay became cool, and they're like, this guy's not. Well, cool. he's definitely not cool. So. <laughs> You're a weird straight guy, man. <laughs> You're basically an asexual. Which is the meanest thing. If you, if you call someone a weird straight guy, that's or the Or an mean, asexual. Th- yeah. That's the... There is an asexual in that uh, yeah. show in High, High Maintenance. Maintenance. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you've made your living covering the city's least loved sports team for the city's least listened to radio station on its mm. least visited medium. Uh, that's not true. WEI.com is actually, like, very successful. People, people don't know that. But uh, And then... To me, hey, Pete, here's why I often confuse you with my 12-year-old sister. Neither of you are five feet tall yet. Sorry, I had to get that one out of the way. Uh, you each have a rabid obsession with Zac Efron. I would say that you have more of the obsession with Zac Efron. I think I have an obsession with 
us having an obsession with right. Zac Efron. Uh, yeah, it's, it's totally I want to be the guy who's obsessed with Zac Efron, but I don't care about Zac <laughs> right. Efron. Uh, you both spend too much time on social media. Uh, she babysits and you blog and write articles, so you both get paid to stay in a house and sit on your butt. Uh, Wait, who's he talking? Who's the who's the she in this? His little sister. Oh, okay. Twelve-year-old sister. Uh, if either of you had the chance to kiss Ryan Gosling, I'm pretty sure both of you would. Absolutely. Where's the roast? <laughs> right. Uh, and you both live with your moms. Okay. Uh, I, the, none of those roasts were were good. I, I, I feel think. like he just complimented us so much. Uh, he got some good roasting on you. He, yeah, he burned me a little, but n- in no way that it, like no the sexual that, no that man's I, land was th- pretty. That good. I haven't burned myself. Right, but I think, I think he's, the sexual, he's recycling content. I think he stuck the sexual no man's land in your head. I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was by Robert. So, uh, it, oh, it's the guy who got married the same day as Brady returned from suspension. Oh, glad that worked out. Yeah. Um, with the, wait, were, we were mean to that guy, weren't we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He so. was like, what should I do? The big game we like, song. We and we I'm like, trying to get married. <laughs> we were like, get married. You chose yeah. to get married. Uh, he said the game was pretty much in hand by the time the ceremony started and my friends didn't give me any shit. Hmm. Shocker that the Patriots handled the Browns in quick fashion. So. Yes. Who knew? Um, okay. Anything else that we have? Oh, so uh, another update. Uh, we called for interns. Was oh, yeah, it last we've gotten episode? some good submissions. We have gotten some good submissions, but I have been alerted to the fact that uh, you can't give somebody an internship without providing uh, monetary compensation or college credit without it being illegal. I'm trying to think. Do we do anything else illegal on this? Because I'm thinking like, oh, well, we do a million <laughs> Might other as well illegal double things. Down. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what double jeopardy is. If you do two illegal things, you can't be tried for either of them. What? I'm kidding. That's not oh. what it is. Double jeopardy is you can't be tried twice for the same crime. Oh, okay. That's, uh, but I that's... like. we should start using that as double jeopardy. We should just, just be start like, throwing around legal terms. Right. Should be no like, oh, did you are. just puke on a building? Double now jeopardy. you uh, now you have to go steal now something. To, now you have to go pee in the puke. Right. Yeah. And then, then you're good. <laughs> if you do two crimes, you can't be tried for crime. And that was talking the law. And that was law talk. That's where Aaron Hernandez went wrong. He went. He went with three. You can't do three. <laughs> no. So, so he needed to kill a fourth person to cancel out the third guy. <laughs> uh, double jeopardy. Are we are we good? Should we get to yes. the uh, the Billy Jaffe interview? Jaffe time. Billy Jaffe. This is what happened uh, this week. Pete texted me and said we should get Billy Jaffe on the podcast, and I responded, uh, "I'm not sure if he's actually your biggest fan because he's a big." Uh, he's a big show up guy. So my question is a two parter: Do you hate Pete? And if so, will you be my best friend? Uh, I really, I actually, I think Pete is very talented. Okay, I think Pete is uh, carving out a nice career for himself. I think Pete is, you know, he, he might not like this Pete. I, I don't know why I'm talking to Pete in the third person, but I'll, <laughs> I'll cycle back. Um, this is like a kinder, softer. I'm looking at Pete's fucking face right now. I'm like, why are you guys doing video Skype? We're not. No, we're not doing. No, he's got a huge (laughs) picture. He's got a huge picture on his Skype thing, like you know, soft Pete. Um, (laughs) just just like that, like one of those gifts that you do. Will you stop doing all those dog things? By the way, you're ruining like timeline. I love dogs. It is awesome, but it takes up so. I mean, like seriously, don't you guys have time to do anything else? Anyways, no, I. My comment, if you want to get serious for a minute, and this is about Pete and, and about others, okay? So, Pete, don't take this personally, although I, you know, I, I'm a man of – I back up what I say. There's a lot of people nowadays that don't show up to the rink, to the pulp field, to whatever, yet they, they send out things in general that are almost indefensible. Maybe I'm – and again, all kidding aside, maybe I'm just old, too old for that and that's not my generation. I'm like, if you're going to throw out shit, you got to show up. You know, like you got you got to sh- you got to show up so guys can at least see your face and whether they say anything to you or not. And again, not you in particular, Pete, you as a group, then they got to do it. You know what I mean? But Pete is Pete has been. And again, all kidding aside, like I, I don't know, Pete, like since you started your new gig, which I'm thrilled for you about. It's been like it's been it's been funny without being mean. And I don't know if that's your intention or not. I, I, I really don't know if that was or not. Yeah, I think I think I mean you make good points, and and I sort of agree with you. I I think that once the thing is like once you meet a couple of the guys, you're like, oh, these are people. I think <laughs> like towards the beginning, when I was like a just like a fan, 
you never think that like guys are going to see your stuff. So you never really think about the context of like, hey, if I send this out, maybe somebody will take it super personally. Because right. I'm sure when you start doing that, you have like 100 followers right. and they're yeah. all your friends and you're kind of like you're not an egg, but in a way, in the grand scheme of things, like, you're an egg. Your your Twitter is basically just like a group a people a group of people yeah. in a room and nobody else you don't think anybody else outside of that room sees anything that you say or write or whatever but then you get invited to a bigger room right and then once you're and then in- there are some players in there there are some there are some people who will you know see it yeah. and or hear it so uh yeah i mean like i i've i understand that i push the envelope sometimes and that i uh, i don't have the classiest humor or or anything like that, but which is all fine. Yeah. Which is all fine. Sorry to interrupt you. Which is which, and I get it. Which is all great. Like there are different ways to make it in this world. You know what I yeah. mean? You've got guys that score goals, and you got guys that are shot blockers, and then you got guys that are, you know, whatever goalie. You, you know what I mean? But yeah. but like I, my my philosophy has always been this, and and this I've just used this in my broadcasting career, and I do not consider myself a journalist like you know you guys. But I said things in the past where. You know, not, not, and I wouldn't think about it when I'm saying it was just a reactionary thing, like your comments, reactionary. But if it's going to piss off somebody, then at least give them an opportunity to look at you in the eye and say, fuck, that pissed me off. And then you know what? Hey, at least you showed up and you explained your side. To it. Or maybe they don't have the guts to say anything. And then you say, hey, I showed up. You had your chance. And you know what? I've gotten into one or two things, literally one or two in my career. But I'm always there. So nobody can ever say I wasn't there. I didn't stand up to it. And that's just my that's my belief. But you know what? Again, I'm from different generation. You guys have done uh, you you guys are part of this new Twitter social media world uh, that that doesn't in um, it doesn't encourage real conversation. It encourages very true char- conversation. Right. right. So anyways, I, that's I, I really sound like an old fart. And I understand. It's just that like I I'm never I've never been in the room like that's never been, you know, my thing or whatever. But I, I don't think or I don't that, think your desire. Right. Exactly. You're, like, I, you're not doing this to try to get in the room, because if you were, then <laughs> this would be the worst. Right. Approach and possible. I like gagged in my mouth when you when you called me a journalist, because that's like the, always the, the one <laughs> I thing. Know, I, I know. Yeah. It's always well, the one thing I've been like, I'm not a fucking journalist. Right. Don't call me that because the expectation. You're Fine, you're a new age Twitterologist, or whatever you want to call it. I mean, that's. But remember this: there's going to be a day because of the world that you walk in, meaning you know the 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 world that you work in, that you're going to be at an event, and there's going to be some of the guys there. Right. There's just and and therefore that might be different. Maybe you just maybe maybe because it's a different generation that you guys just keep social mediaing each other, and that's how you guys converse. I don't know. You guys tell me how to you know. Can can you guys go on a date? Not you two. I'm saying, but it can. You know, well, we can share a lot. Evan will talk. And can people talk to each other, or do they just tweet each other and then they Instagram? Or what's the quick one? What's the one you take a picture of and then it's gone in 12 seconds or doesn't Snapchat. live? Oh, Snapchat. Actually, well, did you see Legarrette Blunt after the Patriots traded? Uh, what's his face? After the Patriots Jamie traded, Jamie Collins, Collins uh, tweeted nope. SMH. Damn, bro. And then he was retweeting stuff with people saying, like, wow, the, the, the Browns got a great linebacker. And he was retweeting it with, like, damn right, best linebacker in the league. And the next day, Mike Giardi uh, tried to talk to him in the room. And Blunt was like, no, I'm not talking today. So I wanted to, so Giardi tweeted that. And I wanted to retweet it with, like, t- SMH, typical millennial, just this, <laughs> can, can only communicate on Twitter. And he, he doesn't want to do anything face to face. But um, to answer what you were saying before, Billy, my yeah. favorite Pete story probably is uh, he was at the Winter Classic because we did the uh, the Sunday hockey show on yeah. EI and uh, he we were in the Gillette press box and Pete found himself sitting at a table where who were, was it was it Murph was the the only other guy there it was, was it Murph no, and it was Dupont. Murph and Dupont all right and Pete just like slowly turned his credential around <laughs> to be like. We are not in the same place right now. <laughs> well, all right. So you see, it's it's a a it's uh, you're in the press, which is good. I mean, you got your press thing. B, you got to realize, uh, you know, be proud of that name, Pete. Be proud of it. You're in the same. You're you're. I know you don't want to believe it, but you're a you're a full fledged. You are. You're a full fledged journalist. I'm I'm sorry to say it, but you are. You're a full fledged one. <laughs> I think that I think that at this point. 
I mean, obviously, I've grown grown up a little bit through the past few years, and I think at this point, I, I can defend most of the things that I put out there. There have been a few, like looking back on it, where I'd be like, mm, probably shouldn't have, probably shouldn't have tweeted that, probably shouldn't have said that. But now I think I think I'm in a in a decent place where I can defend oh. pretty much everything. Not to replay your greatest hits, but your Zat when the Bruins yeah, got Zach Ronaldo. That was the one That's thing that I thought of. A of right. like, that was the one thing that I thought of where I was like, man, probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Which is funny because when the Bruins traded for Zach Ronaldo, everyone was snarky and like yeah. throwing shade at the yeah. Bruins. And I remember like the first when the Bruins got Zach Ronaldo, um, he met with the media and everything, and uh, I had to do a one on one with him. And I was like, hey, I'm DJ. He was like, hey, I'm Zach. Oh, dude, like, what's that tattoo? And he was like this super friendly guy. And I had to, like, start off the interview with, like, all right, hey, I, everybody need you, hates you. I need you to know <laughs> that I wrote that you are – you. this was the dumbest thing they could possibly do. Like, do you understand mm. why people think that? Yeah, and at that point, that, that trade was basically, like, the cherry on top of a shit Sunday of that Right, everyone was mad already right. at that team. But I'm going to defend – Pete mm-hmm. here uh, against my against all my instincts and say if Pete tried to do like half and half if he was like I'm going to send out some funny tweets and then also I'm going to go to the games and I'm going to do like, this try to break news I f- I just feel like both both mm. attempts would be compromised you wouldn't be as good a reporter as you could be and you well, wouldn't be as good of a shitster as you could I be. I don't I mean I'm, I you know I'm not running a journalism class here but I'm saying I don't think that Pete needed to do that. I don't. I'm not. I was never suggesting that he should be a, a reporter slash snarkist. You know what I mean? I was never. I was never suggesting that at all. Um, I think what you're saying is that, like, if somebody called me out on something that I said about them or whatever, you would just have would, to have that interaction, I would, right? And I would. I would certainly do that. I would certainly like. I'm just meet saying, with if you're them or whatever, yeah. and, is, and try to defend is, myself or well, apologize. No, it's not. No, no, yeah, no. I would never tell anybody what they have to do, Pete. Never. No, I know. I'm, I'm talking about. I'm talking about just showing up once in a while. I'm talking. Okay. There's a few guys in this league, a few guys in the biz. I mean, that would show up twice a year, and you know, uh, and and it was literally just twice a year. But damn, at least they put. At least they went into the locker room twice a year or to a. a, a an event twice a year where their face is out there. So if, if I'm not saying, and I'm not saying anybody even had an issue with your stuff. I mean, I don't know, you know, and I don't talk to the guys about, about other people's stuff, but, or, or nobody said anything to me. What I was just saying, there was some, if, 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 if you show up twice a year, there's a lot of guys that sit behind their microphone. They sit behind their keyboard. We know that in the world we live in that never show up. And it's a real easy world to sit there being like that. It's a, and I'm not talking about, taking a pop to the face you know what i'm talking no, about having a you know a, <laughs> it would be hilarious if you just got <laughs> assaulted. <laughs> but i'm talking about showing up and being the guy that okay this is what i do this is how i am but i'm gonna tell you something i'm here so if you got an issue with me let me hear it meaning that's the unspokenness of showing up we just live in a world where where we don't have to show up anymore i don't need to get political but look at the goddamn election from every side around Right. Nobody, you know what I mean? I mean, everybody just throws shit out there. So, anyways, I let's get back to the original. I, I think a lot of uh, I, 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 I d- it didn't offend me enough, obviously, that that I um, either blocked or got blocked by Pete. So, you know, it, it uh, you know, maybe uh, he has something there. I respect how the world changes, but uh, that was my comment about six months ago. But Pete has definitely gotten um, he's gotten more, uh, I guess, smooth. In, in, in his in his barbs lately I, I would find him I would say that would be the, the way to describe it I'm wondering Pete do you like how often do you get favorited or retweeted or anything by players uh every once in a while I've followed by a few guys but like yeah that's I don't have a ton of interactions with the actual guys themselves on Twitter okay because I would guess and it goes both ways like sometimes uh, players on Twitter will like clap back and they'll right. do all this stuff yeah. but I would I would guess that like during the playoffs when you're like tweeting funny things that are going on I would guess that like the average player when they see that even if it's kind of insulting to somebody like if Shea Weber last year when he was doing whatever the hell he was doing in the playoffs if you were just like tweeting all of his mess ups I would bet there would be a lot of like younger players who would look at those tweets and think they were hilarious yeah, like I, I've had, a, I've had other players, even like to, like what you said, like 
uh-huh. bad highlights or whatever. I've yeah. seen other players respond to those in like a positive manner, which is which is pretty interesting. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's I, I I just don't I don't think that necessarily to me that that you need to be in the room at all to criticize what you see. Like I'm I know that that that's like a millennial thing, but I I know Jared Carabas gets the same thing where he gets criticized. For not being in the room and like in writing about the team like he is, I guess I don't know. I, I it's, just, I'm not. I'm not talking about being there every day. Right. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I mean, there's a lot of I. There's a lot of sports talk show hosts around this country, whether it's in you know Boston, around the country, guys. That if they show up twice a year, at least they can say, "Well, I was here for the." You know what I mean? And maybe they don't care. There's a lot of guys that throw darts. I, of course, you can criticize something that you're not in the room for. I couldn't absolutely. Holy Christ! I mean, when when I do NHL Network, what do you think? I, I mean, I can't be in thirty rooms right. all the time. Yeah, you are but, though. Every game yep. I've covered in any sport for anything, you've been there. Actually, I was going to bring that up later in the conversation, but don't act like don't say like, oh, I can't do this Winnipeg game and then the Florida game in like a matter of two hours and be in both places. <laughs> you 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 can and you often are. Well, be, be, because that's that's part of my belief, but I'm saying it doesn't mean that you. It's part of how I prepare, Deej, and it's yeah. part of my DNA. But it's also, I, you know, I, I was at the NHL Network the other day, and there was a game, uh, Ottawa and somebody, might have been Vancouver. All right, I haven't been in Ottawa this year, or they haven't been in Boston where I live. I haven't been in Vancouver this year as much as I'd love to be out there having sushi. It's the best sushi out there in the world, but I, I haven't been there. You know what I mean? Like, But yeah. what do I do? I call people, and, and it's no different than what anybody else does. But my point is, when Ottawa and Vancouver come into town in Boston, if I'm in town, there's a 99.9% chance that I'm going to be there. So the one time a year that I get to see them, I can say mm-hmm. I was there. Right. I talked to Willie. I did this. I did. I'm not saying you guys need to be in the room all the time. God, no. But I mean, but it's a simple world to sit there and to completely and, – and, you know, again, I mean, we're going on a long time. I was saying, in the past, Pete threw out some big barbs. Mm-hmm. I thought they were big. And it's, it's not that – and I don't, I'm not protecting the players, and I'm not lashing out at Pete. It was just comments that were made like, holy shit, you know, these are – there were some pretty strong words right here. And I don't know if anybody's offended by it, but, you know, show up one – show up for media day. Mm-hmm. Show up for media day one time a year. Show up for the – the media day before the playoffs or whatever. That's just my philosophy. You know, there, there might be a lot of people out there that say I'm full of shit, but that's just no, my, it's my philosophy. Like now that you brought up uh, Carabas, Pete. Um, yeah. I think that in the case of like Jared and Pete, I see your point, Billy, but also I don't see why like a player wouldn't get mad at a fan with like one follower, you know, they'd just be like, whatever. I think it's just because Pete has like a big ass audience that, People are worried that, like, oh, a lot of people are seeing these mean things or whatever. Uh, fans don't get paid. Pete gets paid. That's I don't right. know. I, you know, I mean, that's that's the that's the difference. But it, this is again, you know, any any millennial people that like me, they probably can't stand me right now that listen to your show. But because of, of my somewhat old schoolness, but it's just I'm just saying once or twice a year. That's all I'm saying. That's I, that's what I believe in. So that's why I do it. I'm not trying to force it on anybody else. I still like Pete. Still, I like him. In fact, I said I like him a lot. He hasn't blocked him. He hasn't blocked me. We don't have a lot of interaction, though. I mean, we we, we there's actually been a little that's bit. That's gonna come. Lately. Yeah. Oh yeah. Get, get ready after, for some DMs. <laughs> oh, after after having brunch with you guys, I'm sure everything will be. Hey, I opened like you, up. and I don't like anybody. So. <laughs> well, <there laughs> you, well, you just I'm like your you know your older older step or half step once removed brother you know what i mean or cousin you know i'm that i'm that old cousin you know kind of kind of decent uh you know he's he's old enough but not too old type of thing you know where you i I don't know maybe you trust me enough um here's a hockey question billy and i've never asked you this before were you like a coach's pet in your day uh, I had ass marks on my seat at Michigan because I was sliding left and right so much. I was definitely not Red's uh, uh, coach's pet. No, I. You know what I was? I when I played, I was um, not the most talented. Uh, no, I wasn't. I wouldn't say DJ was because I. I've always had a strong mouth. You know what I mean? A loud mouth. So I, I can't say that uh, that I was. But I, I I got along with most of my coaches. There were probably a few that. 
I w- would disagree in the sense of, you know, I was opinionated. And in hockey, and in most sports, but in particular hockey, you don't want to be the guy that – it's not that you're different or better than the team. It's just that, you know, you're maybe sometimes willing to say something. Yeah. Um, but, no, I mean, um, uh, you, you know, I had uh, – trying to go back my my when I finished up school I went away to finish school in Connecticut uh high school and I got along great with the coach there in Chicago more or less there was one coach in Chicago that I I couldn't stand when I was growing up red was I mean the assistant coaches were great to me red was good it just it's you know you go to a different every level you go up it becomes a business more and more and more you know and and that's how it is the reason the reason I ask is because you're like your thing is being attentive like you if if you see a play, you don't do the, like, oh, man, he just came down the wing and he really had what it took there and he just gave it his best. Like, you're you're saying, like, all right, here's what they were doing in the neutral zone. Here's what this team was doing. Here's what that team was doing. This is why this goalie was uh, in a position. When did you decide to um, be the analyst who is more X's and O's oriented oh, than, like, take-oriented? Yeah, because my, my philosophy is that hockey is a really a simple game when it's all said and done. And it's my job not to screw it up and in explaining it. And I, I feel like we take ourselves at times in broadcasting too seriously. And if I'm going to do this, I have a small philosophy. As if, First of all, if I'm going to do this job and I'm not having fun, then shame on me. And if that doesn't translate to the fan, then shame on me even more because this is supposed to be their fun and their outlet, right? And then the other thing is, um, I once had a GM tell me when I fell into broadcast, maybe it was about two years after I fell into broadcasting or three years in, and it was, uh, sitting on a plane. It was, uh, John, Don Waddell, the Atlanta Thrashers mm-hmm. when I was just, actually I hadn't even signed my first contract with them yet. I was just, uh, long, long story short, I was auditioning, so to speak. And we sat in the plane and he said, just tell me something I don't know. If you can yes. tell me something you don't know. And while that seems philosophically simple, I think that's the, in theory, very hard, yeah. you know, at, at times. And so therefore, um, I took that to heart. You know what I mean? Like I said, all right, well, how do I look at the game? And this is how I look at the game. I am not an analytics guy. I have nothing against it. Don't jump on me. I'm, I, so you're calling us millennials, <laughs> old guy. <laughs> Get I, on the Fenwick train, brah. <laughs> what is Fenwick again? Anyways, no, I, uh, I uh, <laughs> unblocked shot attempts. I know I'm kidding asses. I know, I know. <laughs> don't be, don't be. Um, but no, I, 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 I'm not against them by the way. I'm not, they're right in the right spot for sure. But anyways, yeah. I just took it to heart and I said, okay, so this is how I see the game. Um, DJ, every time I go on the air, every time I remind myself that it's a real easy game sitting where I'm sitting every time. And I know that it's not, but it's my job to explain it. And, you, you know, to the point where the hardcore will listen and still get something out of it. And to where the point where the average fan will say, damn, I didn't see that. And really, though, to the point where the average fan who thinks they know more than they really do. But so I'll call them a, uh, un, not uneducated, but just less educated can say, wow, I learned a lot. I don't know. I just want, I just took it to heart. And so that's why I try and do what I do. It's crazy that you say that because that is, and I was telling someone this the other day, that is like my one thing as well. And I don't know if I do it well, but in writing, uh, Jackie McMullen told me when I was in college, she was like, just make the goal every time you write to tell the reader one thing they didn't know. And it it does, and I said the same thing that I was explaining to my friend the other day, it does sound like the simplest thing, but it would blow your mind how many pieces you'll read online when applying that, like, rule to it, and you think, that person just wrote themselves in circles and didn't actually give me any information. So that's a banger. I also wanted to, to, you said that you didn't want to take yourself too seriously. I, that's something that I've always, like... That's obviously clearly that's thing, my yeah. thing uh but i wanted to ask you how you thought that hockey's mainly hockey's tv coverage stacks up against uh others other major sports especially in the american market uh okay let me ask you this in which way how it stacks up are you talking about the game presentation or are you no, talking like, about like like, like me... the intermission shows like, so like things like that like because one thing that i've always said is that Hockey's coverage takes itself too seriously. Like you look around the league, like the NBA has a fucking phenomenal 
uh, like halftime post game show with the like the around the NBA. Yeah, uh, four yeah. People like I just don't think that hockey's. Uh, I would I would agree. It doesn't stack up. Well, it's it's very different. It's incredibly different the way that it's presented now inside the NBA using that. Like, I, all right, let me let me let me make a few comments here. One, I do not watch. I, I know what you're saying, Pete, and I yeah. and I, and I agree. I don't watch a lot of it, um, uh, but I've seen enough of of the. You're talking the Shaq and yeah, the, the Kenny, yeah. right? TNT, okay. And they they worked by being irreverent and but 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 very smart, very very right. smart. But so it's work. Um, I don't watch local regional basketball telecasts, so I have no idea if they take themselves more serious than not. Hockey, with regard to nationally, uh, at times it's too serious. There's no question. Um, I will give like the NHL Network props. I think the NHL Network is very good. They're trying, you know, the right way. Yeah, they've you know they've tried to do some different things, and it's not easy. You know, they took over the network in August of last year, and all of a sudden, October first, they're putting a network together. Like, holy shit! You know, like so, it's gotten to the point now where it's more irreverence. Not that almost sounds disrespectful. It's not. It's It's just looser. It's 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 looser. Um, But you know, there's uh, there are certain people at certain networks that like it a certain way, and boy, if that's not a lame ass answer, but it's just the truth. They like it, you know. This is this. This is now. You're going to come back. We're going to do that. I we talk about it at at Nesson at times, and um, you know, at times I'm like, let's mix it up a bit. And they're and they're good about. They're trying to be good about that. It's definitely been different. I mean, I do not. I really do not take my I take my job seriously without trying to take myself too serious. And that's that's how my my approach is. I don't think it needs to be a, you know, a Seinfeld episode. But you know what? If there's something Seinfeldian that happens, then that's great. Yeah. Then that's 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 great. Then that's if you can have a real laugh on the air. See, I'm a big believer in and this is hard to have a real genuine conversation on the air with concrete support behind it but if something doesn't happen meaning if you miss an element who cares if you're having a real conversation then the viewer the listener gets involved so like if you don't get to like the, the highlight of the second goal but you right. have like a right. six minute a conversation about the guy spearing the guy in the nuts and like and it like has that. some and it has substance it's a substantive real conversation that can be either very funny or very intense that's where the producer, as I as I put on my you know you know uh, broadcasting maybe not one hundred and one but two hundred and one hat. And that's where that's where the talent and the producer need to have that cohesiveness to say let it go, keep going, go ahead with it. Meaning they don't say anything because it's a real good conversation. Instead of we got to get to this this right. this and this. That's where I think we get rote as a as a sport at times. Um, but you know everybody's different. Uh, I, I I think that. Um, I think that we see some good things nationally uh, for hockey. The amount of hockey coverage is phenomenal now. We're seeing some different analysts at times, which is you know great, and we're also and, and some different play-by-play guys. And and I think that we're seeing um, at times a different attitude, but it's morphing. Hockey. I don't need to tell you guys. Hockey is still a very uh, this is the way we do it, sport, mm-hmm. and um, sometimes we get caught up in that. Yeah, I, th- I think my biggest criticism is just that, like, there's it's too easy to walk away from, like during intermission. Yeah, like uh, uh, specifically, I would say specifically with like NBC. I like a lot of the guys on the intermission show, but just like the way they do it, there's there's nothing really to say, like. I should really sit down and watch this most of the time. And it's overly structured and there's right. no there's no real promise of any deviation. So as the period's ending and they're like, Okay, here's what we're gonna get to. Yeah. Uh, well, did you know that Henrik Lundqvist wears suits and then we're gonna do this, and then we're gonna do that. Super smart and, or super fun. Right, if none of those three things are grabbing you, and chances are if you're a hockey fan, it's just it's not gonna like split the atom for you, you yeah, know? So yeah. that's not gonna reel you in. Um I think, and that, I'm glad you brought this up, Pete, because I didn't even think of this, but um, I think that it's just b- because whether you're in Canada, whether you're in the States, whether you're wherever, hockey is the hardest sport to understand. Mm-hmm. And I think um, conveying it and, like, quote-unquote, breaking it down 
is harder to do than with any other sport. I think that you could give like h- hockey is the sport that I played longest in my life. Hockey is the sport that's always been the biggest part of my life. And I feel like I could go on TV and analyze a football game a thousand times easier than I could with a hockey game. And I feel like I could do the same with baseball versus hockey. And I feel like the average person could. Like, the average person who grew up playing hockey can't do the, like, the Billy Jaffe, Andy Brickley thing of, okay, here's exactly what was going on and here's what I because saw. That's why Fluto's so good. That's why, like, like I said, Brick's so good and why you're so good. Thank you. What you, you, what you have to do in... Uh, I don't know if you're getting to this, but the way that you, I, I believe that you have to watch the game. The biggest mistake is watching the puck. Right. And, and that's why, you know, like when a goal is scored and if I'm in the booth, for instance, and, um, or even in the studio, I'll say, I'll say, back it up to this. This is where the play begins. So while that seems obvious, sometimes, sometimes it's 12, 15, 24 seconds before the goal. Before the play happens, and you need to say like, uh, you know, sometimes when I if I ever talk to classes, which I do once in a while, if I'm talking to a group and they ask, well, you know, how do you see everything? Because especially on TV, hockey's not made; it's not made for TV. Baseball and football are made for TV. They just are. Right. So you watch it, and I say, you know, the puck. If I tell my keep telling myself, don't watch the puck, in the sense of I know where the end result is, but I keep saying, you know, mark this, mark that. It's because I'm trying to watch it away from the play. And so, you know, I'm trying to take my, my left eye and I'm watching behind the play. And then my right eye is trying to follow the puck, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I'm trying to watch away from the play all the time. And that's how I think you end up getting a, a better, more thorough breakdown. And um, that's how – and you have to think the game. Again, all right, you know, what's, how is it connected to each other and – where do the whether it's the great plays happen or the breakdowns happen and that's where you have to try and put it together and then from a broadcaster's perspective you know you need to have that chemistry with your producer and and even or your director or both but especially your producer when things happen when you say mark that and then 28 seconds later something happens and they already understand that that mark that you did eventually has got to be shown because they know that you want it, you're going to get to that. The good producers will do that. And the ones that, like, you know, sometimes you don't work with a guy an awful lot or a woman a lot. And you say to him, hey, on that second replay, go back to that breakout, that chip play. Just go back to it, please. And then they do. You know what I mean? And then yeah. you can tell the story that way. Now, by the same token, I think it's also difficult to conversationally convey all that stuff. And that's where the other sports have it all over hockey. Like the. The football shows. I remember, like there, the NFL AM show, whatever it used to or whatever it was last year. It was like people sitting around breaking down football, but it was also Rhett Lewis trying to keep Lavar Arrington from goofing around too much because it's just like such a loose environment. I think that mm-hmm. hockey, I mean, is such a structured sport that I think that carries itself over. That if you try to do the thing where it's a bunch of guys sitting around in sneakers and like the cameras uh, like shot from far back enough that you can see that, oh, it's a bunch of guys wearing sneakers. That just, I feel like if that happened with hockey, it would feel forced because hockey is like a suits sport, you know? Uh, well, I, I would hope that it is a suit sport. Uh, Which I, I love. Get well, yeah, I mean, it is at times, but I do think at times too, um, it, it can be, it, it can be broken down to maybe a, a casual Friday sport. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah that's thing. What we're but, but, but I, uh, the, part of the reason that hockey also is harder to, to discuss like that, um, is because it's so fast and you have these. And I'm not even actually talking in-game because I know, DJ, you're also referring to a show out of the game. Yeah. But my point is it's so many – it's play to play to play to play. And in football, it's play, regroup, yeah. hang out, talk about it, now strategize. What are we going to – you know, make, there's so many different things that you can go to. Constant Hockey is parts. Yeah. constantly moving. Exactly. And therefore, maybe it doesn't lend itself. I've always thought about wanting to do a talk show for hockey. Always. I have always thought about it. I didn't spend years of my life trying to make that happen or anything. Don't worry. (laughs) I mean, I've always thought about, could you really do it? And the thing that always comes to me first is, you know, you need guests that are going to interact. 
and half the hockey guys, as great as they are off the air, on the air, aren't always as. Why does uh, that happen? Like Rich Peverly was the nicest guy in the world, and then when you turned on a recorder, he was like, "Because just we were like, always told from day one in hockey, it's about the team. It's oh, that about sucks. It's a, it's a, it's about uh, being part of the group." Um, you know, that's why some certain, you know, superstars get crapped on because, uh, uh, because <laughs> right. they, because they, they're so different and it's very unnerving. It's, it's very unnerving to uh, the, the hockey society at times. Let me, uh, let me ask you this. Do you think that the, maybe either like the league or teams, do you think that they shut down stronger personalities? No, I don't. Not, not the league. No, the league relishes it. The, the the teams I can't speak, but it sure it 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 you know wouldn't surprise me. I'm I'm going to be curious how or if that changes as we get these new younger GMs in the game. Mm. If they think differently about personality, or and God, I'm going to be careful here. I say this too, caveat. Um, or are these guys so numbers driven that their personalities don't allow them to be like that? these young guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, are we going to have, are we going to have all these new GMs, you, you know, like we're seeing in, in, in uh, Arizona with the, with the coyotes because of their pedigree. But are those people, uh, uh, not the most personally gifted personality gifted, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Are they like hardcore stay on there? I remember that, that that's what people yeah. thought when the Red Sox uh, promoted Theo Epstein to GM. They were like, nerd. this guy's probably never like gone to a bar in his life. They need to break this guy in. He's probably a huge nerd. And he, I guess he totally was, but whatever. That uh, worked but, out. but, but right. But he, you know, his team has, his, his team has personality. Um, but again, we're talking a different sport in general, but, but I'm just curious in hockey. I'm, I don't think the, <coughs> excuse me. I don't think the league shuts it down. He, I, I think that they, in fact, they relish it. I don't know if there may be, I would guess there are certain teams that probably do look to temper it. I, I don't think shut it down yeah. not, I, because it's too important uh, uh, pr- pr- uh, promotion marketing locally, but temper it. Yes. I would think that there would be subtle ways to temper it. My thing is like, I, d- I just don't get ultimately what the harm is. And I understand these guys are around each other for a whole season, but the whole thing of like, Oh, this guy's too loud. They think he's annoying. So annoying. So they don't like him, and they got to train him and everything. Like, I'll, from my own experience, I've worked for a lot of places where those people had to work with, with an annoying guy and you still ended up getting work done, you know, like, and I, I guess like we're vaguely maybe talking about PK Subban. If the guy's that talented and the guy's that good, I don't see how it's, how there's any sort of way where he's detracting. But I feel like hockey's the one sport where there are alive people who think that. Like there were people who, when the Canadians traded PK Subban, they were like, well, can't have a guy hot dogging all day. <laughs> Got to get him out of here. Yeah, you know? no, I, I know, I know. It that comes back to being, you know, outside the norm, outside the box, and uh, some some places or sports uh, have a harder time with it. You know, I mean, it uh, it's probably you know kept some people perhaps out of reaching higher accolades. You know, yeah. like you know whether it's the Hall of Fame or Jersey retired or whatever. I mean, but. On the other hand, um, you know, we also we also see as broadcasters or journalists or analysts or whatever, we, we want to see that because it makes our job easier. Maybe inside the room behind closed doors, it isn't making it as easy for the team. You know, that's what we don't know, you know, until you're actually sitting in there lacing your skates up with those guys. As a relatively old school guy yourself, what's your least favorite thing about the game today? I don't know. Sometimes... I mean, this is really sounding curmudgeon-y. Sometimes the whole high-five line, you know, is, you know, can you, just, I mean, you score a goal and then you celebrate with the guys on the ice, but everybody's got to go high-five each other at the bench. Oh, but that's huge everybody. Guy. <laughs> everybody does it now. Hey, we're down 5-1. Uh, you still go high-five everybody. You scored a goal. That's, uh, that's <laughs> you know, amazing. I'm okay on the ice. You're t- you are the high-five. You, what you like – was the Detroit Red Wings in preseason oh, doing the high so hand fight? Yes, yes. You're, that was yes. That line hasn't um, scored yet. I don't think has it. And again, this I is think me Drew not Miller showing has. up. I should. Has Drew Miller not. Well, I I haven't done my Red Wings in the last few days. Yeah. I don't. Has Drew Miller not scored yet? I would think that he may have. But anyways, yeah, 
Um, no, no, I mean, I don't. What do I? I don't. What do I dislike most about the game? Um, we're you know we're. It, like what's, I, I, like what's your I, sense on like the like reviews and stuff like that? Oh well, that okay. If you're going down that, no, I'm a I'm an enormous uh, disliker of the offside review. That to me is that that to me is. Um, I thought you meant from a cultural perspective. Okay, no, from a rule perspective, I do not like that. I do not like it's, it's, it, it. It it yeah, it goes against the game. It goes against the belief that we live in a, 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 you know, we always say, oh, life's not perfect. Okay, well, we're, we're you know, we're talking about an offside maybe that was literally an inch offside. Right. And then people say, well, you're not an owner that has millions of dollars riding on the line. And I say, you're absolutely right, I'm not. I, I'm not an owner, and I don't have millions of dollars riding on the line, unfortunately, in that regard. But I say, guys, um, you're talking about an offside that happened, you know, 24 seconds ago and now you've been in the zone and it really has nothing to do with the goal. And I, you know, I was a linesman for years and an official as well. And you know, like these guys are so good. They get most of them. I mean, yeah, they're going to miss once in a while. It's, I, I, I would love for common sense to take over and say, if there was an obvious or an right. egregious yes. offside yeah. that led to the goal being scored, Damn right, make the call. I couldn't believe, couldn't be more in support of that. What pisses Not this stuff. Not this. Right. Is toe in the air. Oh, I. I the, yeah. The thing so, that makes me so mad is when people say like, "Well, why wouldn't you want to get the call right instead of wrong?" And it's like, well, is it was it really the wrong call? If you <laughs> couldn't tell with the eye test, right? Like, if 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 you couldn't tell off the bat, these are the best referees in the world, the best linesmen in the world. If you couldn't tell on the eye test, did it really make that much of a difference? And my biggest thing is they're obeying the rules. They are holding up to make sure they stay right. on side. Like, they did the thing right. They did their, the, or the player, I'm saying. Like, they right. held up to make sure they weren't offside. This, and they right. ended up just being a drop offside. Yeah. You're, okay, you this, did it. You're fine. This rule was put into place finally after, I believe, the game was Colorado- in Nashville, the linesman was a guy by the name of Derek Amell, who's one of the best in the games, and he missed it. It was an egregious offside. He's got it to was live a, with that the rest of his was, life. <laughs> and Derek's a phenomenal guy. He's a phenomenal yeah. linesman. Well, I think that that was the, that was the end result play. Yeah, and and people say, oh, and a goal was scored, and it was offside. It wasn't like a half a foot either. It was an offside, and because it was his long pass, etc. And if it wasn't Derek, I apologize because Derek's a great guy whenever I see him. So anyway, my, my point is that was what it was put in for. Not these plays were – and by the way – Frame by frame. Yeah, <laughs> frame by frame. And aren't we supposed to have blue line cameras everywhere? Right. And, yeah. and how come I haven't seen them? I have no idea. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, so yes, that would be – yes. If, if, if you go from a – from a, 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 a tact or a, an in-game thing, yeah, that would that would be. I mean, the, to me, when I said the high five line, it's again, it's when you're down five to right. one and you score a goal, and okay, you celebrate, but then you go back to the bench and you go down the line. Everybody's high five. Okay, line up, line up. <laughs> here's, down five. Here's what I hate the most uh, to answer your question to Billy Pete. Um, <laughs> so I was obviously I was obviously Louis in the Louis Bacchus debate uh, for a lot of reasons, the biggest of which is that I just think Erickson will age better. But like the detractors of players like Louis Erickson say that they're quote unquote invisible, which obviously every statistic disagrees with. But in hockey, there's a propensity for fans to prefer the loud guy who will fight and say that they are more quote unquote present and i'm wondering as someone who grew up around hockey and has been in hockey in so many different ways does that drive you crazy because the analogy that i use is if someone is married in a loving relationship and they've been married for a long time but they're not always doing pda but they they love their wife and they treat them right they do all the things that you're supposed to do in a relationship that doesn't mean that they don't love their wife right like if they're not like making out in public yeah, if I tried to make out with my wife in public, yeah, man, she would. Uh, Old um, <laughs> she she'd be like, well, she'd want to know what happened to me first of all. She'd want to know who's. She'd what say, took Billy, over what's my... gotten into you? Yeah, Something she like would... one of those things. <laughs> she, my wife's a tough New York girl. She would say it a lot differently. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, she would. She would say, uh, she 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 may file papers actually if I did that too. Um, anyways. Um, 
I, I get what you're saying. And um, does it drive me crazy? No, DJ, it doesn't. That doesn't drive me, me crazy. crazy. Yeah, it doesn't drive me crazy. That was very Seinfeldian right there. Um, I would say that uh, every team builds their team the way that they want. I think the proof always comes out in the, in the result. Um, I, you know, being loud in hockey at times is, I guess, hockey, it's part of the sport, I guess. Doesn't mean that it's always going to work. You know, it was a real interesting summer for the Bruins in that regard because you got this guy in Louis and Bacchus, and they, and, and not to rehash it, but as you said, they both had their uh, positives and then maybe a little bit of their detractors. Um, and you can't really, right now, due to the fact that Bacchus has been injured and Louis has been. Hilarious. Well, well, yeah, I mean, and, and the team is not good in Vancouver, yeah. but yet he got his contract that obviously he felt he wanted. Um, I don't think you can measure it right now. Not that you're asking me that, but th- no, to answer your question directly. I'm just saying, the, like, like the, the, guy who, the guy who is tougher is not necessarily the guy who's better, and it blows my mind that in today's day and age with all the information. But, but my point is, just to use Bacchus as an example, his toughness came up a lot. I think that resonated with Bruins fans, no question. But part of also his toughness is, is, his, is his verbal and his, his mental toughness, and he is that. And the Bruins did need that. You know what I mean? Yeah. They needed to add to that leadership group. And so, therefore, I get what you're saying about just because some guy can kick somebody's ass, yeah. a lot of times it gets lost you know, as the, as the, the panacea that's going to cure all, right? Yeah. I, I get what you get, but and that you know a guy what? is and that a guy isn't uh, or like a guy doesn't care if he's not a physical player. Right. I, I know that. I I do think though the real astute hockey fans would understand that. Which it doesn't. And, and just again using Louis and David, um, it was a real. I mean, that's a not to be a sound NBA ish, but that's a real case study. You know, to, yeah. to look at that one and say, man, like, that was a. It uh, had to have been a hard decision. I know they wanted to keep Louie, but they wanted it at the right price. Then they go out and they sign Bacchus to a price that had some people saying, is that the right price? And couldn't they have just done that with Louie? But they are different players. Right. They are. And Even I though they both want to be in front of the net when it's all said and right. done, both very different players. And personally, like I, I, I didn't have a problem with the signing and their decision to go that way. It's like it's not like Bacchus is a fucking goon who can't play the right, game. Right, yeah. It's the the... the the right. problem with it that I had was the contract length and the contract that that was given. Yeah. Just because I didn't think that it was as smart of a long term investment, given the way that he put. Well, what they did five years at six, correct? Yeah. Right. right. That's, yeah. And he's a year if, older than back uh, than Erickson. So okay. So what? What if they did? So it would have been, you know, players always talk about term. So if they went six years at five, that would have been in your eyes and worse, right? Yeah. I mean, they would have yeah. had a lower cap yeah. hit, but it wouldn't work. So, I mean, I say, okay, you're, you're not going to get a, the problem is you're not going to get a player at that level of his career at that time to probably take less than, I mean, four would have been, you know, for Louis or back is probably ideal, but you know that there were other teams offering right. them five, hence the Bruins or six, i.e. the Canucks. That's where you kind of just got to say, well, I have to make the decision. And I'm, I'm a lot happier they did $6 million at five years than the other way, than the six years. All right. All right. Well, we've taken up way, way, way too much of your time. I did want to ask for the reason that yep. we had, a, had you on the podcast. It was oh, the, right. The, the, the story about Ronick and the Halloween story. You confirmed that that was a real thing. Uh, and if anybody... I wasn't there, but Jeremy says it's real, and, and, he's, and he actually said he's uh, – and I did reply to you that efforting – he says he's trying to find the video. He said that it was uh, real. It was extreme. You know, Jeremy's an extreme dude. He is. He he would Takes go to pucks lengths. to the face, man. Extreme pucks dude. To the, pucks to the face. Pucks to the jaw numerous times. Yeah. Puck, um, and and others. Like he's the kind of guy. If you say, hey man, let's let's go skydiving. He'd say, yeah, let's go skydiving, but let's also go bungee jumping and let's go swim with the sharks. And yeah, my you know what? Right. Yeah. And, and, and it's him. You know, I mean, that's that's legitimately J.R. Um, so it's real. According to him, I take him for his word and I would love to see the video, too. But, yeah, what a story that is. huh? Did, what he, a, did he say what he was going to do with the video if he finds it? No, he didn't. Because it was Fox no, Sports would like to pay yes. a, a bajillion dollars. No, he didn't. You know, we we communicate via text more than anything. Well, 
millennials. Because Jay's Jay's all over the, the the place doing stuff and whatnot, and you know sometimes the texts are as, as long as "yep" or "yup." <laughs> yup. It's kind of like when DJ says "dude," you know, I get that. Yeah, a lot. You, you know, like, bra. Dude or whatever, and then the next ten texts from Billy will be like, "Okay, cool, dude. Like, let's go rollerblading, dude." And it's a word. It's a word that you use in conversation. It's not a word that you use in text, bra. From now on, every time you text me, I'm gonna respond with like, "Rock and roll, man." Yeah, well, that's what I mean. I mean, it's like you, you know, you, you know, it's like. It's a normal conversational thing. Like, yeah, hey, man, did you see? Oh, boy, did you? You know, I'm, I'm just giving a shit. I'm a conversational guy. Via Twitter, via, yes, I, yes, you are. It's, it's bled into the social media. There are some, by the way, this is how I know that I'm old. There are some conversations that I see between other people, and I'm like, I don't understand 78% of these words. What the <laughs> hell did they just talk about here? And I'm, all, I'm only, I'm, I'm turning, well, I'm not 48 yet. I'm, I'm a few months away. I'm not that freaking old, but I'm like, what am I missing? What am I missing in some of these conversations? So, anyways, dude, 48, all not good. Bad. <laughs> no, well, thanks for joining us. No, it was lit AF. <laughs> yes, thank yeah, you. That's the other thing. You by are the way, I, I will admit this. And if I find out what he's doing with, the, if he finds the video, I'll I'll let you know. But um, uh, you know, I, we'll talk about that on our podcast next week. We definitely will. Okay, perfect. Um, You're but, a podcast uh, guy. I am. I am. I enjoy it. Um, it's different. It's time consuming. As you guys know, it's not as easy as just flicking the switch. I mean, you got to find time to do it and all that stuff and keep it interesting, but, but it's fun. So tell your millennial friends about it. So, you know, maybe we can get some more listeners too. Okay. Well, we'll have them log on to your, uh, we'll have them boot up their computers, log on and, uh, check it out. Give it a download. Chronic life pod with JR and Jaffe dude without the dude. (laughs) 